0: How's it guys, my name is Mark Haystick, and you're listening to the Birding Life Youth Podcast. You've probably stayed a night at a nature reserve, right? Hey, that rhymes. But I wanna ask you, have you ever stayed one month at a nature reserve? Well, today I have guest speaker, Shane Nguena, who I've had on here before actually for an interesting episode of Environmental Issues. But today I have him on to talk about his adventure he had over the festive season to the Greater Kruger National Park, in an area called Marleth Park. In this episode that I have split in two because we actually ended up talking for way over 20 minutes, we discuss what this month was like and how he manages to be involved in rescuing all sorts of things from janets to giraffes. So without further ado, I welcome Shane Ngwenya. Okay, so I've got a few things I want to talk to you about here, man. You've had such an interesting holiday. Um, I spent my Christmas in Jeffrey's Bay in the Eastern Cape and I was helping my move, uh-huh. helping my grandma move into her new house there. So I didn't get to spend much time exploring the natural it's places, but, uh, uh-huh. yeah, do you remember I was messaging you then? Um, and you were already in Marloth park. Um, sure, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I just can't believe how long <laughs> you got to stay there for you. got to spend <laughs> such an amazing time there. Um, yeah. you know, man, so I remember, actually, it was just before I went to Jeffreys Bay, I mm-hmm. had found a red-backed shrike in my garden, and I was so sure. excited, and I posted it on my status. I was like, oh, awesome, you know? <laughs> and I got that this awesome photo, crazy. and it was a, it was a lifer um, for the Western Cape for me, first of that birds uh-huh. bird I had seen here, and it was a rarity for the Western Cape. So I was so chuffed about it. But then Shane oh. comes along, and you find one a few days <laughs> later,
1: hey? <laughs> it was also a life for me, just imagine. It was also a life for me in, in Pumalanga. First oh. time observation. It was, well, it was weird. Like, the difference between you and I, it was, you, I think it was 24 hours. You saw yours first, and then the next 24 hours, I saw mine, <laughs> And I also saw uh, back Stanley, one you're so eager in seeing in the white. <laughs>
0: A violet-backed starling, I remember that, yeah. Sure, man, I still need to see that species. Yo. I mean, I can't wait to take a visit up to your part of the world up there in uh, Pumalanga. Yeah, you
1: come to Pumalanga sometimes and just take a look at the Krua National Park or any any of the natural reserve you have here in Pumalanga.
0: We'll sure. definitely
1: see those guys, they're always around.
0: Of course, of course, yeah, we must go looking for them sometime. Man, I can't wait till we get together sometime. <laughs> so for those who are listening... Uh, I stay in the Western Cape of South Africa. Shane and Gwenya stays in Mpumalanga, and the bird species and animal species and uh, topography is well. the 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 landscape is totally different between where we stay, so we see very different things on our daily basis. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, and Ooh. hey, redbacked shrikes are actually much more common over there than they are here. Um, but still, I mean, uh, only in the natural, the nature reserves, are they actually more regularly found i believe
1: sure they're most like regularly found in the, the nature reserve that we have, like in kruger national park uh, and also in maluk park but uh, more specifically those guys are much more like summer visitors we, we rarely see them in those national parks and stuff like mm. that but maluk park my man maluk park has a, a huge diversity of birds. like when i was in maluk park i saw about five lifers if I'm not mistaken, it was the the Goliath Heron, uh-huh. Jacob and Cook, the Blacksmith Lapwing, uh, the Blacksmith
0: King Lapwing.
1: Uh, yes, Blacksmith Lapwing. Was that a lap? Was
0: and, that a, uh, a lifer for you?
1: Yeah, it was a lifer for me. That's so interesting.
0: That's so interesting because they are so common here. They are, they actually irritate me. How common they are—it's very weird. <laughs> okay, that's good that you got them. That's and, very good.
1: And it seems like it seems like they also come on in Model Park. It's just that like I've never been to Model Park before, and it was my first time like going to Model Park last year during the festive season. So, right. And it was my first time seeing the blacksmith leopard. Hmm. and I also saw what you call uh, the Central bead Stock, and uh, yes. I also saw the the white, the white Stock and the lead the and my last life, I was the the southern white crown shrank, shrike. Shrike, yeah. And it was nesting, ah. And I was monitoring that. I was mo- monitoring that nest for about uh, two weeks, and then the third week, it was already feeding. It's uh, it's,
0: it's. That's it's, a actually, fascinating yeah. find, man. I only I've yeah. seen that. I saw it once, and I was visiting the Kruger with my friend, <laughs> and him and mm-hmm. his family are not birders. I think I should forward this podcast to him. <laughs> He's not a birder, so um, he's not a birder. But they blessed me with the opportunity to go to Kruger with them, and uh, we mm-hmm. were on we were on the Lower Sabi Road there, and uh, sure. so we're going, we're going. We hear there's a leopard that's just crossed the road on the. The, the, the way the east side gone to the river you know so we're, we're going up yeah, the road yeah. we're going up the road towards lower sabi rest camp and we're looking we're looking and there's cars driving past slowly and they're giving us updates like yeah a few hundred meters that way the leopard crossed the road but there's a lot of impala there at the moment so watch out so we keep going we keep going and i'm looking out i'm looking out but you know, bear in mind i'm the only one who's looking for birds <laughs> <laughs> so all of a sudden we're driving slow everything's silent in the car but there on the top of the bush, I see this white thing. I look again. It's a Southern white crown Trike. I've never seen one in my life. I say, whoa. I just go like that in the car. And I <laughs> I forget completely that the rest of the family in the car uh, is, is at, you know, they are at the most concentrated part in their mind that they could be. Their mindset was focused on leopard. Leopard and nothing else. Leopard. No leopard word. Probably the big five. <laughs> I felt so bad afterwards. They looked at me and they... They, they, at first they thought, where's the leopard? Where's the leopard? And they, then I said, oh, oh my word, I'm so sorry. It's not what you think. I just saw a new species for my life list. Um, uh, I jammer. So I had to say, <laughs> and then they just looked at me and they're like, Oh, but then they forgave me after that. And I never I've learned my lesson, you know? Don't just uh-huh. <laughs> you, you've got to contain yeah, yourself just, when you see a life. Yeah, you just don't contain
1: yourself Yes, yes,
0: yes. <laughs>
1: that's just how it has to be. That's just how it has to yeah. be. But like, we we as people don't share the same interests. like we're only focusing on the on the on the part or the big fight and stuff like that. And you, you just saw a life and which is a bed. Mm. And on the other side, you're not interested in beds and stuff
0: like that, you see there <laughs> they weren't so interested in birds, but you know what? We had such a <laughs> lack of time. It was a brilliant trip with my friend and his family. Um, but you're, that's so cool, man. Mm, and I've, I've, that's my second time I've been to Kruger. So yeah, I must uh, explore your part of the country a bit more. There's a uh, there's a lot for me to still explore there. But you must come this side as well, man. You must come come you know, see what this part of the world is like I'll one day.
1: I'll definitely make a plan. And I was supposed to be at the Kruger National Park, but things didn't go as planned. And lucky enough, uh, I went to Malut Park instead of Kruger National Park. And it's so amazing. Like, when you're, when you're in Malut Park, you kind of feel like you're in the Kruger National Park. Yeah. Because, like, the, there's, there's no difference, actually. But the only difference is in Malut Park, we don't have predators. But in Kruger National Park, we do have predators and stuff like that. Hmm. of those things. So that's the difference. And Marloth so Park is you, situated just right next to the Coconut River.
0: So can you walk around in the, in the um, Marloth Park? With in you know.
1: the yeah you, you sure yeah you, you can walk around at any time during the night during the day. Especially for me, I used to walk around during the night for helping looking for reptiles. Yeah, but in the in the first few weeks of the festive season, we couldn't walk around at night because like uh, we had uh lion esca- escapees from the Kruger National Park. So it kind of seems like they escaped from the Kruger National Park to a farm which is near Marot Park. And at night, they would come out of the farm and go to Malu Park at night. So they couldn't go back to Kroger National Park because the the tide of Crocodile Bridge, or of, I mean, Crocodile River, was very high. So they couldn't go back to Kroger National Park. But as the tide lowered down, I think they went back to, to Kroger National Park because we didn't hear any news about the lions anymore. And some of the news were like false reports or false alarms and stuff like that. But yeah, we did have... a a few hindrances with the lion's at Malu park but mm. pretty sure now it's sorted everyone is safe
0: yeah during <laughs> your your visit to marlowe's park you were mostly looking at herps and birds and doing snake removals but the way i found out was i saw such a cool photo on your status of you holding a bush baby and i asked sure. and i asked you about this and then you sent me uh-huh. this voice message
1: booty show booty so basically where where I am now I'm at at park uh with Deidre, a, a, a lady that that owns a wildlife rehabilitation center so yeah man I'm just enjoying myself interacting with wildlife uh, and now we are going to take down a giraffe that has been sick for days so now okay no longer I'm sorry I'm in the back of the park, man so the giraffe can no longer walk now, so I've also put it out of its misery. Oh, I... Away. <laughs> <Yo>, that <laughs> that voice was note. hectic, man. Like I, were... was, I was, at the back of the park. Um, there was kissed in front. There were two ladies, uh, which was kissed in the arena, and then we with Mark De Bear who is a ranger at Malu Park, and he also he's he's also a volunteer for riding and Free.
0: So you so were kind of you were riding with the rangers.
1: This is the range, but uh, only one ranger, I may say so. So, we we're going to take down a, a giraffe, which was like it uh, couldn't walk, it had a huge scar on its hind leg, so it couldn't walk, like it was suffering badly. But it turns out that it was trying to heal, like it was getting well and getting better with time. So, we just decided to let it be and see how it's going to come along. But luckily mm-hmm. enough, giraffe managed to heal from its wound and it made it. So we are happy for that, uh, that we didn't take down the giraffe, and the giraffe is now wide and free, back to where it belongs, living happy <laughs> life in the bushes and stuff like that. So, yeah.
0: That's great to hear. It was hear.
1: hectic in the back of the park, man.
0: You're, it sounded hectic, <laughs> man. I mean, you were shaking there, uh, and the rattling of the boots.
1: <laughs> yeah, holding on hair grass, man. It was hectic.
0: you no, that's, that's a very exciting thing because, I mean, that's the first thing I heard of you. Now, hi, I'm in Marlith Park now at the back of a bucky going to um, <laughs> cull a giraffe because it's suffering. And I was like, wow, I wish I could do that during the holidays. Sure. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I kept watching
0: your uh, statuses. You, you had very interesting updates on your status. The next thing I saw was you holding a, a janet, a little small spotted yeah. janet, And that was, uh-huh. and how did you get to hold that?
1: So basically where I was living, I was, I was living with Daydre, my mentor, my um, cold mom. She's my mom because she, she has adopted me, I'm joking, <laughs> but I call her mom. <laughs> she she owns a wild and free rehabilitation center whereby he rehabilitates wildlife. So basically gets calls from farms around the Around the park, uh, from Mozambique, uh, around Dairy around Pumalanga. Actually, the whole of South Africa, he gets calls about people who have to bring in wildlife so that it can be rehabilitated. Like, especially in farms, wherever they are banning the sugarcane field, sure. the mom would just leave leave the babies alone. Similar applies to bush to babies, road kills, I mean, like road accidents. Some babies are, are left behind due to poaching and stuff like that. So, those babies cannot look for themselves on their own because they've got no parents Mm. to guide them. So, that's when David comes in. That's when David comes in with his rehabilitation center. He takes in those orphans and then he takes care of them until they are old enough for them to be rewilded or to be released into the wild again.
0: So, what role did you play in helping at the rehabilitation center for wild animals?
1: So, I was just basically helping with uh, feeding. Uh, and filling the enclosures, feeding and filling the enclosures each and every day. That was my job. But mm. uh, I oh, also yeah. enjoyed like in the park, going on game drives, uh, assisting at Joanne De Beer at his uh, snake park because also had a, a reptile pop up with Joanne De Beer in Marut park. And uh, I did a lot of things when besides uh, helping at the rehab center, I also enjoyed myself like embracing my presence around uh, the wilderness. So. Mm so that's how i managed to to hold a bush baby and a chinette for the first time in sure. my life
0: wow and most man.
1: people were saying most people were saying we're keeping those wild wild animals as pets
0: yeah, but they don't I... really
1: know the background of the story what's going on
0: mm-hmm. you see we yeah, don't keep wildlife yeah. pets,
1: the only thing we do is just rehabilitate we just rescue rehabilitate and then release back into the wild that's the the slogan of wild and free
0: reputation like the three r's of- uh, the three hours of the just oh. you
1: rescue you rehabilitate and then you release that's it
0: fantastic man while you were in cool. Marlith Park I was in Eastern Cape as I said in Jeffreys Bay and although I yeah, didn't I get totally. to do too much exploring I did take a morning <clears throat> walk and I was walking at the edge of town on, in this open field and just seeing what I could find and it was like 45 minutes into the morning just after sunrise and all of a sudden I, I hear these bee eaters flying over me And then there were three of them. It's a species that is Uh not so common down here, but you may get them more north in South Africa. Blue-cheeked bee eaters. I was so happy about it because they're a rarity here in the Western Cape. And it's my first time seeing them in the Eastern Cape. Um, And it was a rarity there as well, yeah. So that was basically like, it was was quite interesting because I got a species down here that could be seen in those northern parts of South Africa as well. But did you see any bee eaters while on your visit to Marloth Park?
1: The only bee eater species that I've seen in Malud Park was the the white throated bee eater. That's the only bee eater species I've seen. But while I was at home, uh, I I saw a, a European bee eater, and it was it was a lifer for me. But lucky enough, I didn't manage to get any pictures because I had to dig a scoop. I had to adjust my binoculars and then align my my cell phone camera with the binoculars. And as I, as I was doing that, you know how birds are. It mm. frightened so e and then it bolted, slid it away, so I couldn't get the picture.
0: It must be the white fronted bee eater that you're talking about, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. The white fronted mm. bee eater. Yes. I because yes. I think the white throated. <laughs> Let me just get my bird book. I want to show you something. <laughs> white throated bee eater. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> oh, my word. Y'all know. Um, I wanted to get the exact status of this thing. But uh-huh. it's a very rare intra-African migrants to Southern Africa.
1: <laughs> really? Yeah. Really?
0: <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But that, yeah. That it's supposed to cool. be the white throated.
1: the white-fronted. Yeah, it's the white-fronted that I've seen, not the white-fronted. white-fronted. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. Let me just yeah. check my book now. Now. <laughs> it's yeah, it's the white-fronted that I've seen. And I uh, and I. Uh, 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 one day, like I was going through your state house, I saw like you went crazy when you were you were just chilling at church, and then all of a sudden you saw like white stalk migrating over you. When did that happen?
0: Yes, <laughs> yes, I was it was like a few months ago. I was walking around uh, the neighborhood, and I went to uh, sit at the the big church here to look at the sunset, and then all of a sudden, about forty white stalks appear geez. about a kilometer above my head. And it Uh it was just such a sight. It was beautiful. Like I was standing in line with the steeple of this white church and the stalks were right above it. We must have been more like 200 meters above me, not a kilometer. And they just thermaled up, thermaled Uh up, thermaled up, went higher and higher. And then they disappeared into the distance. And it was just, I don't know, it was just such a gobsmacking moment to me. Beautiful.
1: <laughs> that yeah. was so cool, man. That was so cool. And then on the other side, when uh, I was at Malo, like I get I got the chance to to, to do a lot of neck rescues. Mm. And I rescued like uh, a Mozambique spitting cobra and a black mamba for my first time. Like I did about uh, two Mozambique spitting cobra rescues, and then three black mamba rescues. But uh we only missed one black mamba. And guess <laughs> what? The third black mamba that we are going to to, 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 to rescue. The lady, she is living like in a chalet and which is thatched roof, you see. Mm. And uh, there's basically a lot of holes in thatched roof. And he had about like nine bush babies aligning in a line inside her house. And those Ooh. bush babies were making Why? a lot of noise. And then she went to check. Uh. When, when she went to check, it turns out that there was a huge black mamba.
0: In she her thatch was house. Moving
1: in a church house and he was alerted by the bush babies and stuff like that wow
0: thank and then we goodness, got the hey. call i
1: was i was with Jacob smith and then we went to the to that house and then we tried to rescue that black mama but we were a little bit too late because we had ho- we, we, we had we had hold of the mama but we didn't get hold of it in in an appropriate way and it was littering to a hole so we just decided to let it be because if you continue to, to struggle with it, you're going to break its ribs or break its spinal cord. So uh, just decided to let it be because, like, uh, it was posing, not threat, And the lady was fine with that. But okay. lucky enough, she'll always be having her unarms, the push babies, when the baby sure. comes back.
0: Thank goodness. The <laughs> bush babies yeah. will
1: definitely alert her.
0: <laughs> One question. Why does she have bush babies cool. in her house?
1: So the bush babies are not basically her own, like, they, they do not live inside their out. They just come in by and pass by. So that's how Malu Park is. Ah. Each and every household has uh, bush babies, I'm telling you. you. You may find bush babies playing outside in each and every household in Malu Park. So that's how life is at Malu Park. Sure. Because there's a, there's a lot of, of of human encroachment, I would say so, but there's also a lot of wildlife and there's a, there's also a lot of life and human interaction. So that's that how is, life is.
0: That is one wild <laughs> neighborhood.
1: <laughs> yeah. And one day I woke up, and then as I was opening the door, in front of the door, there was Enyala with the baby, and then was pregnant. How cool is that, man? Just waking up to Enyala in front of your door. Bro. And there's a lot of water, a lot that's of water. So uh, special. Couples, like, that place, man, it's like heaven on earth.
0: Like heaven on earth. I just wanted heaven to say that. Edge. Yeah, I just wanted to say that. Oh, <laughs> say, <laughs> thanks for tuning into the Birding Life Youth podcast. And in the next episode, Shane and I discuss false fake ID. False fake ID? No, man. False snake ID and false stereotypes that people have concerning nature so don't forget to subscribe to the birding life on all your social media platforms and listen to us on your favorite podcasting apps until next time happy birding and be blessed